Hello, everybody. It's Dave Neal, stand-up comic and host of Bachelor Nation News. Thirsty Thursday, April 13th, 2023. Let's jump into all of the day's news. It's Bachelor Rush Hour. What is this, a podcast or a spin class? Come on, you know what I mean? We don't have too much to get to, folks. Uh, Some days I oversell it. There's so much news in the Bachelor world. Let me tell you something. If Bachelor Nation News were a farm, we would be in a drought. There isn't much to talk about. I'm going to share with you guys a clip, but hey, you can still listen. you got to drive home from your commute from work or wherever the hell you're going right now. So we'll get into it. I've got Courtney Robertson on one of the Bachelor Nation podcasts, Clickbait. And boy, is this podcast going downhill. Not Courtney's fault. She's a guest. As you know, Courtney, the, I guess, previous villain of uh, The Bachelor. But of course, she's a mom now and she's level-headed, but she was painted a certain way. And we're going to hear her thoughts weighing in on being on The Bachelor in the social media age, plus how Courtney Robertson met her husband. Then after that, I've got two clips to share with you. A Love is Blind storyline, and I'm going to play a clip from a Love is Blind podcast that discusses the ins and outs of what to expect for the reunion episode. And then after that, of course, we know the Love is Blind will uh, have a Friday eve, uh, Friday tomorrow. They will be dropping their weddings episode, you know, the episode where the people get quote-unquote married, whatever the hell that means. You know, they're like contractually obligated to go to the altar. They might say yes, they might say no, and them's the ropes, folks. And then also, I've got a Vanderpump Rules story to get to. The fallout from the interview, Howie Mandel did with Tom Sandoval. Look, you don't even have to be watching this show. I will guide you through it. I am your Vanderpump shaman. But first, let's get to a clip from Bachelor Nation's hit podcast, Clickbait. Courtney Robinson. I do have to ask. Um, so do you think being a villain now with more social media and um, just how like I would say Bachelor Nation is probably bigger now than it's ever been. Do you think it would be harder or easier? Oh, way harder. Way, way harder. harder. Yeah. I don't know that I would have been able to handle the backlash because Instagram had just started when my season was airing yeah. and I got it and I was like posting pictures of pancakes and coffee cups and it wasn't what it is now. But I just can't believe the trolls and the thing. And I still get trolled a little bit, but it's more about like how I'm raising my kids and um <laughs> and like it could really like if you're a sensitive so person, I know it's horrible. Somebody message I have to say the other day and I showed my husband he's like Courtney I'm like I want to post this and you know to my story and he's like don't play in the mugs mud with the pigs but she was like I was giving my son a donut and she's like this is why your kids are overweight like (gasps) I know I mean like stuff like that and like I was feeding my daughter Pringles and someone's like that's too salty like how dare you but so I deal with different kind of trolls but going back to the villain status like I have reached out to other villains from other seasons just to like see how they're doing because I can't believe how much hate they get and the death threats and I received death threats after my season but to my email um but so you just, people were emailing you yeah through my modeling um I had a modeling website at the time and I had to turn it off because I mean it wasn't all negative I hate to make it sound like that like there was a lot of people like we love you you're so funny but then you know the skinny dipping scene hit and it was like I remember I got an email from someone that's like this is like a wholesome family show like you're ruining our family like (laughs) a wholesome family show could you imagine that it's wholesome content and now we're gonna go bang in a yurt 
and then a couple death threats. And it didn't really freak me out too bad, but it was just like weird. Like it is yeah. crazy. Like you are overnight like thrown into this world like I feel like even now like I look at content creators that have been doing this for like years and years and years and have built these followings like people on the show like really overnight you're like thrown into this world of like you're so vulnerable and exposed and people have just learned so much about you and Mm -hmm. they have this like very like personal access to you like through social media just being able to like send you I mean like there's obviously barriers that you can put up but like just really Mm -hmm. send you whatever they want about you to an extent all right so there's Courtney Robertson weighing in on getting mom shamed let me ask you guys a question and I'm just asking this question I'm not accusing anybody but if you had to decide who was a which gender was a bigger troll is it women or men Now, I'm only asking this because my audience is mainly women, so most of the trolls that I deal with are women, and most of the people that I think are actually uh, hazardous trolls are not the ones that are sending death threats, but it's the little tic-tac-y ones telling you not to give your kid a donut. It's like, Deborah, why do you care what I feed my kid? Now, I understand that donuts aren't healthy, they're, you know, whatever, but it's like, who the hell are you to tell somebody else, some stranger nonetheless? She's not selling donuts to kids, she just gave her kid a donut, you know what I mean? I don't know, leave a comment on my Instagram, at dneals, maybe we'll do a poll. Uh, what is Who uh, collectively it, are bigger trolls on in the DMs, men or women? My, and my the, the reason I ask is because I feel like men will post crazy things like, I hope you die, keep burning a house or whatever, but I feel like a lot of the DMs I get from women that come off trolly are more like psychologically damaging. You know, like the one I dealt with recently where she's like, I'm sorry you don't care about the quality of your podcast. It's like that that affects me way more than a guy saying, I'm going to burn your car down. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's those little ones that get to you. And since we are void of any other Bachelor Nation news, and I mean void of it, we you know we covered on the YouTube channel the Chris Harrison calling Mike Fleiss a narcissist, um, but uh, really we're just leaning heavy into the uh, the barrel of it all as we scrape it. But I wanted to share at least one more clip from Courtney Robertson. Uh, here's what she says about things you didn't see on Paradise. Of course, she was on it several years ago. Have a listen. When you were single, um, did they ever reach out for you to do come back and do paradise mm-hmm. or bachelor pad or yeah so actually paradise i was in talks to do it and i had just started dating someone that i really liked at the time in venice and i remember saying to him like kind of like testing the waters like what would you think if i did the show and my book had just came came out and i was like this would be great for sale you know like it'd be great yeah. to put yeah. myself back like, out how like, into me are you like is this yes. long term is this another two months like exactly. how invested should I be I was like if he would have been like yeah go do it I would have been like bye <laughs> um, <laughs> you know oh, here we are adios um, but yeah so at the end of the day I didn't do it um, I dated him ended up dating him for a while but I will say I had a lot of the guys sliding into my DMs that were going on mm-hmm. Chris Bukowski Who? Chris! I love Chris. And he's a good friend of Jacqueline's. And I had just, he came to my book launch in New York. And so I had already met him. Um, Uh And uh, a 
Brooks Forrester. I don't know if you remember him. So yeah, there was yeah. a lot of that. And then the girls that were going on were messaging me. Like people were kind of like staking their claim. And mm -hmm. I remember, uh, was it uh, Graham Bunn was going on that season. And I kind of thought he was cute. And we had like played in a bachelor charity soccer game together. And so like we had met a few times. And I, I remember thinking like, would we hit it off down there? It's so funny to think about these sort of original seasons of Bachelor in Paradise. It's kind of become a bigger show now. It's kind of like uh, a lot of people say Bachelor and Bachelor. Bachelorette are kind of like the minor leagues of Bachelor in Paradise because it's it's I think it's closer to what people want to see, which is kind of like as I cover Vanderpump Rules, it's more of like an amorphous blob of influencers with the debauchery, the calling out. You don't get that as much on Bachelor or Bachelorette because there's just less of a playground because there are less characters in fighting. Do you know what? Does that make any sense? There are more scenarios that could lead to drama on Bachelor in Paradise. Um, that's my thought of why it has evolved into what it is. I kind of wish we could have seen Courtney Robertson in a current season just because she would have gained more Instagram followers, would have been better for her career. But either way, she's happy and we're happy for her. Before I get to my Love is Blind and Vanderpump rules uh, stories of the day here on Bachelor Rush Hour, I wanted to share some news I got yesterday just randomly. You know, I live in Los Angeles. I meet a bunch of people. They find out I make Bachelor content. I had a buddy, a, a comedian friend of mine. He, he pulled me aside after a show the other day and he goes, dude, I got to get a photo with you. Turns out my 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 cousin or my sister, whoever, is a big uh, fan. She listens, She's a power listener and she won't believe it if I get a photo. And I just thought it was so funny because, you know, it's just a weird world we're in. But as I was talking to someone a few days ago, they said, you know what? I've got a buddy who was on the show and I'm not going to tell you his name. He, uh, the, uh, my friend told me the name. I'm not going to share it with you, the audience, because I can't give this away. I don't want to get the guy sued. But he said, allegedly, that in order to stay awake at the rose ceremonies, which could go on for hours, you know, the long night of a cocktail party, that some producers were handing out cocaine. That's right. The booger sugar, the cocaine. Yeah. That's that's the information I was given. And so that could be possibly some of the information, allegedly, that uh, was the reason why Chris Harrison got his settlement. Because as we remember, before Chris Harrison got his settlement, he just started playing hardball, mentioning, I know a lot of stuff about the show that would not look good. Now, if there was ever any empirical evidence, which I don't think there will be, I think that would be devastating for the show to find out that there was drugs being passed around. I mean, you know, well, we'll have to see how it all plays out. Maybe uh, someone will go on the record and talk about it one day. In the meantime, just a saucy little rumor for you. And in non-Bachelor news, as you know, we've been covering Vanderpump Rules. I've got my Vanderpump Rules Season 10, Episode 10 recap up. You can go check that exclusively on YouTube. But I've also been covering the fallout from the Tom Sandoval cheating scandal. Of course, he cheated on his longtime girlfriend, Ariana, with Raquel, and everyone's going nuts. Tom Sandoval did a podcast, uh, did Howie Mandel's podcast. We've been covering it. Howie Mandel was criticized for not not doing his homework. Well, now he responds. I've got the full story for you right here. So first, Demois posted this, which was shared by Blocked by Jax. If of interest, there were a bunch of requests made by Tom Sandoval to be taken out of the Howie interview. They pushed back on some, and that's what is blurred or bleeped out of the convo. Also, mustache was planned fully in advance. Of course, he shaved his mustache on air. New me, new look, you know, the thing you do. Uh, you know what I mean? Girls get bangs after a breakup. He's got to, you know, gets rid of the mustache. Okay, so here was Lala Kent last night, the voice of reason in all of this on Bravo's 
Watch, watch what happens live. L during the seven month affair was Raquel still acting like Ariana's best friend, or did she oh. stay away from her during the whole affair? You guys are going. You know. Yes. You're going to die. Right. All right. We're gonna die. We'll be deceased. There's one conversation in the fire. in the finale oh. episode. Yes. Oh boy. It, she's yes. sick. All right, she's calling Raquel sick. Uh, that's right. Pump Rules star Lala Kent teases a shocking finale scene between Raquel and Ariana. And uh, someone commented, how is Lala the moral compass in all of this? Lala was actually caught uh, by TMZ at LAX heading for that interview. Here's what she had to say. See you, Lala. Thank you. It feels like all we've been talking about is you guys lately. Um, hey, we just got photos of Tom and Raquel hanging out in December in his hometown mm. in St. Louis. Yeah. So this crazy crossover, like, did it come as a shock to you and to everybody when all of this came out? Or is it, did it only come to as, as a shock to us? I think it came as a shock to everybody else. I was suspecting it kind of for a long time since the summer. Something felt off. Right. Everyone always says that in hindsight. Yo, I totally suspected things. Oh, did you? What, like, did you say anything? Now, don't get me wrong. As she explains, she was in the thick of it, so she probably didn't realize what wasn't normal. But on the outside, people look in and go, "Why are they, you know, hanging out? What? Are they, why are they? Why is Raquel sleeping over? Why? Are they, why are they having sleepovers and all of this random stuff?" Right. So, was it a shock to Ariana, or do you think she kind of knew too? No, she didn't know. No idea? No, she was devastated. Everyone was devastated. Everyone's devastated, including Vanity Fair. They say Tom Sandoval isn't very good at this. Amidst a self-inflicted scandal, the Vanderpump Rules pariah did a disastrous Howie Mandel interview. Uh, but the qualities that made Sandoval reality TV gold are precisely what make him such a terrible podcast guest. His rejection of accountability, his inability to keep his mouth shut for longer than a few seconds. When first asked about what led to his infidelity, for instance, Sandoval blames his now ex-girlfriend. I love Ariana. I still love Ariana and I care about her very much so. But we for a while have and been have been sort of just having our own lives. Like many relationships, it felt like it became more of like best friends, family, sometimes roommates. There was a lot of ways where the relationship was just lacking intimacy, the connection. Now, to give him credit, he did take all the blame, but here's the problem when you do these interviews. Even if you take all the blame and then try to offer explanations, it comes off as excuses. He probably would have been better better to just say, you know what, I shouldn't have done it. What he should have said was, regardless of the circumstance that led up to it, was I should have broken up with her before crossing those boundaries. I should have realized that because I wanted to kiss somebody else that I should have ended the relationship or whatever, versus what actually happened was he makes out with Raquel or hooks up. I don't really know what that means the first time. And then he goes to therapy and this and that, but then it happens again. So clearly at that point, it's like, dude, rather than kicking the can down the street, why don't you, uh, you know, I hate to say man up. Why don't you human up and do the right thing and prevent this from going farther and, you know, break up. And then uh, Vanity Fair says, beyond Sandoval's tone-deaf musings on the affair, there are other bizarre chestnuts throughout the interview, such as his declaration that at his worst, he felt like Adam Sandler's character in Uncut Gems. At one point, Mandel's co-host and daughter, Jacqueline, the only person with half a clue about the backlash they would receive for providing Sandoval a platform, tells their guest, I think you'll be fine. If Michael Vick could go back to playing football, if Chris Brown can go back to... But before she can finish that amusing comparison, Mandel intervenes with a defense of Sandoval's actions. Yeah, look, I mean, <laughs> I mean uh, it's hard to compare circumstances, but in this case, um, 
the reason why Michael Vick had a second chance and the reason why Chris Brown had a second chance, whether you agree with it or not, is because they were gigantic uh, beasts within their industry. The reason why, uh, you know, but will Sandoval get a second chance? It's like a second chance at what? I mean, he's still going to be on the TV show, right? So over time, he's going to have this um, scandal, Scandoval, and he's going to have to wear it on his sleeve. It's a part of his identity now. So here's what Howie had to say. Being killed for two things. They said that I didn't do homework. I, I don't need to do homework. I know who he is. I know what show he's on. And my question and my angle is, why do you think this is so big? When I commented on the fact that he cheated on his girlfriend and uh, with her best friend, I still don't understand why that is big international news. Do I condone it? No. I've been married for 43 years. I have two daughters that are married. But look, I, I agree with him that people should spend their time calling their congressmen about issues they want and this and that. I totally agree with them. Unfortunately, this is the type of parasocial outlet people have. They get invested in these shows. There's a real life element to it. They get offended. The audience, that is, and they want justice. And they felt like the interview didn't um, didn't uh, come that that uh, or, or or I should say uh, I don't know you know they felt like it was minimized like there wasn't and this is why I think it would have been better for for Howie or someone else who's really educated on the situation to really grill Sandoval to the extent that you kind of burn off all of that lingering doubt about about what actually went down. You know what I mean? If you want your audience to go on that journey with you in the future, they need to know everything. And you hate to say it because it sounds entitled, but giving them an insight into your life, at least on the TV show, is what made them as fans in the first place. Now, people will say, Dave, you, you're completely um, contradicting yourself. You know, like, you know, but yeah, look, it's just, that's the fallout. He, he built his fame, following, and fortune from being a guy that the audience feels like they have been deceived. I wanted to give him, you know, a, a, a place where he could kind of spew his side. And number two, when he spewed his side and talked about how he is, the issues that are happening in his life, his depression, he was very open about his mental health and his vulnerability and saying that he thinks he made a mistake and screwed up. I kind of commend somebody being vulnerable and removing the stigma from, you know, mental health. I'm just letting him say whatever he needs to say. I feel worried about him. I was in the room with him. He was visibly shaken, visibly uh, damaged at this point. He's a human being, and I have empathy for every human being. I really do. He's going through a real tough time. Maybe he deserves to go through a tough time, but I really do feel for him. I feel for that Ariana. I feel for Raquel. I feel for anybody who is involved in this. I'm getting So look, I, I agree with Howie there that he feels for all of them. Absolutely. I guess I'd say that if I've learned anything when it comes to covering a hot topic, it's to worry less about the uh, the person who committed the injustice and more for the victims. But he is a human, of course. I don't think anyone should wish any harm on him. Uh, Tom Sandoval, that is. He's, pro I mean, will he'll either learn from this or he won't. Either way, it's a reality show. And let's just try to do, be better humans in our own lives, our own circles. And speaking of reality shows, Love is Blind reaches its epic finale Friday night tomorrow and then Sunday with a live uh, show I'll have a live after show on my end uh, but in the meantime we've got a podcast by Natalie and Deep Tea claiming that um, Jackie doesn't need to keep the ring as you know Jackie broke up with Marshall and he's like can I get that ring back and she's like no and um, here's the full story for you right here 
So we've got the Out of the Pods podcast hosted by Natalie and Deepti. And here's what they had to say about the engagement rings. Have a listen. It's not Marshall's to keep. We didn't have to pay for the rings at all. Neither did our guys. Netflix or production paid for it. Because I remember there was like a false rumor going around saying that I was sued by production <laughs> for the ring back and that never happened. I'd be like, okay. after all the stress, no thanks. <laughs> I'm keeping this damn ring. That's the thing, right? It's like, look, either give everybody rings or give everybody therapy. I think they could use therapy too. Uh, you know, that's the one thing that the old rock on the finger can't give you is a good clinical psychologist to get you out of the weeds here. So not only, and we're going to get into the, we're going to get into their defense of Jackie keeping the ring, but not only that, they also apologize to Zach. What's interesting though, is they're going to apologize to Zach for the edit, uh, making it seem like he was a plagiarist, but they also still accuse Jackie of cheating on Marshall with, um, geez, I'm blanking on names. Josh, is that his name? Whatever. <laughs> Either way, let's have a listen to what they have to say. Zach did not plagiarize the song that he sang to Irina when he proposed to her. So Deep D was right. I am completely Ooh. wrong. I also owe Zach a huge apology because I was so sure that he lied and said that he wrote that song, but he revealed a never before seen clip on his Instagram mm -hmm. saying, or well, the clip showed that he goes, I wrote you a song. And then I think he says, um, actually, it's not an original. It's one of my favorite songs, but I changed the lyrics a little bit. So yeah. he even cited it. So I was like, oh, okay. So, you know, I knew Zach wasn't lying there. Proud of you, Zach. I mean, he's a lawyer. He's not going to do that, right? Like I had faith in him. I'm shocked that he got that footage because I feel like production does not do that. They don't give you never be seen, never before seen footage. That oh yeah. They leave it in the vault for a reason. They don't want people to see uh, the, the making of the show. They want to see the curated image, which makes me wonder. And oh boy, does this rile you guys up? Do we still believe now? I'm not saying Jackie's not at fault for the way she treated Marshall, but do we still believe that Jackie cheated on him? Do we, we see right here that the show edited Zach to look like a plagiarist. Now, of course, Zach probably threatened them with a lawsuit. Seriously, Zach probably threatened them and said, no, this is bad for my image. I'm a lawyer. I need to have integrity. And this makes it look like I'm a plagiarist. This makes it look like I'm a liar or I'm a cheat. What if Zach's in, uh, you know, in, you know, trying to win over someone and trying to get a client and he's, and he can't, and they're like, well, we wanted to sign with you, but we did see that you were a liar and a cheat, which takes away your credibility, you know, that type of thing. So anyway, here's what they have to say about Jackie. Only sugar is on my pancakes. So just going back. So they're looking at the private text messages that, that were exposed between Jackie and a quote unquote friend. I say quote unquote friend because somebody exposed these text messages. A lot of people have asked me about them. And my, my, my genuine thought is if Jackie said something privately to a friend, we don't get the right to judge it as if it was something they said publicly. I know this is going to piss a lot of people off. Some people, their way of venting, their therapy, and you might say, well, but this came off as homophobic or whatever. I, I haven't actually like dissected the text messages. I'm not sure. And that'll be something that she has to work on as uh, you know, w within herself, and maybe she'll comment it on the final up on the reunion, and then we can talk about it more. But are we really to be judged what people say in their private life? I mean, that's like, uh, uh, you know, and again, I know, Dave, are you defending Jackie? Not so much. I'm just not willing to use that as evidence that she's a horrible person. Do I think that Jackie probably comes from a I don't know, a, a, a culture that, that, um, 
allowed her to get away with things, maybe because she's pretty or depending on wherever she lives, maybe, maybe that's the truth. Maybe this is the first time she's actually having to, you know, deal with the confrontation of her words and her actions. And we'll watch that play out. So whenever anyone gets mad and say, you're taking this side, you're taking that side. Hold on. There are more episodes. Let's wait till we see what she says live. Let's wait for the receipts. And maybe she's going to offer an apology and then we can talk about it. So I'm not taking her side so much as I'm tabling that end of the conversation till after the reunion. Um, in those in these text messages, supposedly from Jackie to her friend, she goes, I don't want to hear y'all saying that he's got sugar in the tank. Whatever that I'm not means. quoting that cor- correctly, but it was something around those lines. And supposedly like sugar in the tank implies like someone may be like gay or bisexual. Did yeah, you- I mean, I guess it would be like if you call somebody fruity, maybe that's the comparison. So would it be homophobic for her to call Marshall fruity? I, I guess it would have to be if she was judging him for being gay. You know what I mean? It just goes so far down the rabbit hole that I don't even know how to properly acknowledge, not to mention we're getting this third hand and it's not even actually what she said. So I asked people in the comment section, just hang on. We will get to that. I have to urban dictionary that because I have no idea what that even means. <laughs> what is this? I, I didn't know what it meant either, but it was in that article by Narcity Seattle. Yeah. They they mm-hmm. looked it up on urban dictionary urban and that's dictionary. supposedly what it means. Yeah. yeah. So um, I don't know. They're the just being, well, Jackie's being very messy on social media right now. Um, she's also being super defensive and really threatening to reveal all these receipts that she Mm -hmm. supposedly has. So I'm curious to see what she has to reveal, but yeah, you could tell Marshall and Jackie probably not on good terms. Mm -hmm. I am excited to see what goes down on the reunion episode because I don't know. I feel like things are going to be said. Yeah. And you know, Jackie's going to be the one to break at reunion, like, especially if she's already like messaging, like responding to people on social media and saying, oh, I'm going to leak the tea. Like, obviously she's going to come with some, with some evidence. She's going to, you know, give us some receipts. So, oh man, it's going to be an interesting reunion. I can't believe they're doing it live. I know. Uh, I'm excited. The fact that we're going to be there seeing it live. They are probably the couple that I really want to know more about like what really happened in these episodes and by the way someone someone was like why would jackie be at the reunion if she doesn't end up getting married and it's like hello because the jackie marshall storyline is going to be probably the biggest storyline the way that their relationship just tumbled is very interesting because we Mm -hmm. open episode nine um with both of them coming back from chelsea's birthday party and you could tell that they're frustrated with each other marshall asks jackie like what do you need from me and she goes i can't talk about this it's midnight and then she hugs Mm -hmm. him from behind and goes just love me and then the next time we hear of jackie and marshall um she didn't show up to her bridal dress fitting and she's on a date with Josh. And I'm like, what happened? Like, how did this happen? No, exactly. Like, exactly. After Chelsea's birthday, I think he asks her, like, what do you need of me? Like, what do you want from me kind of situation? And Jackie just responds, you're doing great. Like, I don't expect anything else from you. But I think she's just saying these words just so that Marshall can, like, calm down. And she just really wanted to go to bed. But it was so confusing that she went on that date with Josh because she didn't talk to Marshall about it before she went. So essentially. And if she was already broken up with Marshall, she wouldn't have 
have to talk with him. If she's still engaged to Marshall, she shouldn't be going on a date, let alone kissing someone, accepting roses and all of that. If she's still... Now, now hear me closely. Conditional statement. If she's still with Marshall, then that's a bad look. If, as she claims, she had already dumped Marshall and they edited it to look like she hadn't, then it's a bad look for production and we should give Jackie the grace to at least not call her a cheater. She literally cheated on her fiance. And that's what I think is so distasteful about the whole situation because she didn't break up with Marshall before she went on this date and kissed him. Like, in front of everyone, like the whole, uh, it just makes me, I'm sorry. I so anyway, I'm calling for the X-Files music. And I know a lot of people have commented, dude, the, the words came right out of her mouth. All I'm saying is this, she claims that's not true. It'll be worked out at the reunion and we will talk more about it then. Let me know what you guys think. And for those people saying she shouldn't keep the engagement ring. Well, guess what? Here's Marshall. He said, nah, I agree. The ring isn't mine to keep either. Haven't thought about it since the internet made it a big deal. So here we have the internet fighting for Marshall when he doesn't even care. He's like, look, I don't want the stupid ring. Clearly producers asked him to get it. Um, you know what I mean? Like, it's not a big deal. And it's good look for him to say he doesn't want it. Um, someone said, I think it's normal custom. The show wasn't normal, so I wouldn't have thought about it either. Yeah, that's the problem. A lot of people go, well, actually, in this state, you know, you know, you know what I mean? When one person has a defense and then everyone copy and paste it. Well, in the state of, um, uh, where's Seattle? In the state of Washington, you have to give the ring back. It's like dummy. They're on a reality show. These rings are given out like chiclets. You know what I mean? And you don't have to give me an engagement ring. Just sign up for my Patreon, patreon.com slash Dave Neal. There's a link in the description if you want behind the scenes tea or just to put some bread in the tip jar. Well, we'll be back tomorrow with the final Bachelor Rush Hour of the week. In the meantime, I've been Dave Neal. This was Bachelor Rush Hour. Bachelor Rush Hour.